Monday on Daily Delivery. I've got Patrick Royce here with me. I'm Michael Rand. It's probably be a baseball-heavy show here, Patrick. A lot of different levels of it. Um, we got some Saints to get to, maybe some Town Ball to get to, because you wrote a big piece on the 100 years of Town Ball in Minnesota that came out recently. Um, and I've got a football fact that i got to share with you because I was I went down a rabbit hole. This was late Sunday night when I probably should have been asleep. But I was like, something something struck me about the, the Gophers and the Vikings that I want to share with you. But as we often do this time of year, let's start with the Twins because uh, it, it's, it's one of those times where we were, we were ready to get angry again. People were like, ah, oh, they're not going to beat the Phillies at all after they got clobbered on Friday. And then, of course, they come back and win pretty comfortably on Saturday and relatively comfortably with the help of the uh, umpire home plate umpire on uh, on Sunday and you know now the lead is back to four and a half they look pretty good the rest of their schedule is is really easy and you know I think the one thing that this weekend reinforced Patrick is just how good Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray can be at the top of this rotation I think they both had six shutout innings probably could have given them more if they uh, if they would have needed to or would have wanted to but uh those two guys and really a lot of the a lot of the rest of the rotation, the, the veterans are really dealing right now because Kent has been awfully good lately, too. Yes, it, uh, it the starting pitching looked like it had a chance to waver a little bit when Joe Ryan hit the wall and uh, and over has been really good. He had a bad game uh, uh, the other day, but uh, he's been really good. But uh, yeah, Maeda is the one that shocked me that how well he's pitched because, uh, man, he he came out the first time he the first start he made after the after coming back it was okay but he, he looked like he went five innings and then he had that one game where it was it was like having your molars removed watching him pitch remember that game he just yeah, threw like 90 some pitches in four innings yeah three, three innings or something it was awful and then he's been good since then and the, the fact that he doesn't throw hard in this modern era is is uh, is pretty amazing. And and Pablo Lopez has been terrific, and uh, lately, uh, last almost a month now, and he he just looks like a pitcher, doesn't he? A big yes. strong guy, not you know lean, and uh, and uh, he's he's been plagued occasionally, not lately, but he's had that four run inning once in a yes. while, which is weird as good as he is but he's been really good and his that's that is the uh, rare trade that uh, both teams uh, got the best of us you know so yes i mean arise i looked him up he's up to 57 rbis people like to talk about him uh you know not knocking any runs but he was a hero of two victories over the yankees over the weekend and uh you know so he's you know hitting 368 and he's got uh, He's he's been productive to, uh, as far as knocking in runs and stuff too. So, uh, you know they they're happy as they can be, and the Twins fans have got it with all the middle infielders the Twins have. Obviously, that was the uh, that was the reason they felt their eyes was expendable, and uh, they they turned out they were right. They got a lot of middle infielders, and a couple of more on the way, and then uh, you know so. That's you know the pitching the the starting pitching has been the strength of this team from the start and Sonny you know he's he'll have those games where uh, he 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 won't challenge anybody is his deal so once in a while he get some walks and he get some messy but boy it it, it started off yesterday like uh, you know it was going to be one of those messes he got loaded the bases and then after that he just breezed for six innings so. 
he's a he's a very competitive guy. He's a guy you gotta bring back, don't you? You gotta try to give him a deal. I would think so. I would I would think so. I would try to at least because you yeah. you know you've got why, some, why not? Why you've got not? some you've got some continuity in your rotation now because you've got Lopez signed long term, Ryan and Ober are under team control for a while now. Still, um, mm-hmm. you've got Paddock signed. Let's not forget about him. You got him signed through twenty twenty five. Let's forget about him. Well, let's uh, forget about him. No, I mean, like, we don't know what's there, so uh, like, we no. can forget. I am, you know, but I mean, but he's he's been shut down since early 22. So by the time he comes back in 24, you would imagine he's going to be somewhat like the pitcher he was before. You don't know for sure, right? Because he's coming back from Tommy John, but he's not old. He's you know, he's relatively young. So you would imagine that Chris Paddock at least has the ability to be a fourth or a fifth starter. I don't think that's far fetched. Um, but yeah, I, I think you could, you still need one more kind of top of the rotation guy. I know Sonny Gray is going to be expensive after the, off the year he's had, but he's not, I mean, he's a veteran, but he's not like 36. He's like 32. Maybe he's, yeah, you know, he's I, still, uh, he's still worthy of a two or three year deal. I would think. But people talk about these as, as the, as the old twins who aren't going to sign anybody. Well, why, why not? Why not yeah. give him whatever, whatever the market is, give it to him. He's a leader type of guy too. I mean, I'm not a big guy on leadership to me. Leadership's a base of loaded double and, uh, you know, then and, and pitching like he did yesterday, but he's got a big personality and I think that helps too. And plus they are probably not going to be as healthy with their starting pitching again. You know, they're not going to get, they're not going to get, that many innings out of these guys so yes you you, you got to have six or seven when the season starts and uh you know there's nothing wrong with having one of these guys in the bullpen when the year starts despite these idiots thinking you gotta have a guy stretched out all the time but yeah i mean i this idea that he's definitely gonna walk i don't know where that comes from why not just sign him and uh He's, you know, but that's right. Anyway, the the starting pitching to have those two guys pop up after they got pounded on Friday in uh, in Philadelphia and you're Dallas thinking, Pickle. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's over. I mean, my God, it's. Uh, I sent out a picture of Jupiter and said it looked like his fastball, but uh, <laughs> I mean, he's got no chance. He he doesn't have. You know, you, you can't throw that slop up there against big league hitters now and expect to get him out. And, uh, you know, he against a good club like Philadelphia. Yes. For sure. So he, he he might make one more start for him, but I don't think we'll see him around much anymore. You're giving away a game when you send him out there. And uh, uh, but the interesting thing about this, you're talking about the schedule is they are since the in the last two and a half weeks. They are seven and two out of the division, and they are one and six in the division. So uh, you know, it, it, it's where, who you plan. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, what I've been saying is this: this should let people know the AL Central is a meat grinder here. You gotta <laughs> look. You gotta look out here. They're one and six against the and against was- this. Yes, and that was against, a rugged division. And that was against Detroit and Kansas City, right? <laughs> yes, right. Yes, yes. I looked it up. I looked up the wild card standings last night. I was just looking. We the the uh the central the central is 11, 12, 13, and 14. Yes. I, and the twins where wherever the twins are now, like eighth or eighth, something. maybe. Yeah. 
eighth or ninth, but uh, then you got Oakland, but they're 11, 12, 13, and 14. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been pretty amazing, but uh, you know, it's uh, they, when you have good, when you have good pitching, you're not going to, you can't stay rotten for long, right? When you have good starting pitching, you, you can't stay rotten for long. And the, and the starting pitching has been phenomenal. And they got three guys at least who are going to, you know, Pablo's going to, might, if they have to, might have to, which they won't have to push him, I don't think, but uh, he could pitch 200, 200 innings for you. And they got two other guys are going to go 180. So, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, considering what they were getting out of their starting pitching last year. That's the big difference between these two teams. Well, yeah, last year nobody threw more than like 145 innings, right? It was Joe Ryan, uh-huh. I think, and you yeah, know, yeah. Dylan oh, Bundy and Chris Archer stayed in the rotation for months. Yeah. Archer and Bundy made a th- Archer and Bundy made a third of their starts last year. Yeah. Now Bundy uh, wasn't always awful. You no. know, he was fairly good a later. He had a the trouble with Bundy was even when he pitched great, they wouldn't let him pitch the third time through right. the order. Now Chris couldn't get through the order, but it is an amazing upgrade. That's for sure. So, right, Pablo. Pablo's it, already got 147 innings this year. Sonny Gray 136. Now Joe Ryan was at 126, but he'll you know he's on the the injured list right what's now. What's over so. at? Over, he's got to be 120, doesn't he? No, one, he? 108, because he didn't start oh, the year. that's right. He didn't start the year. Yeah, he's got that's, some sick ball innings, too. So, so that's, one, that's 108 and 19 starts. So that's more than yeah. that's more than six per start. So he's been pretty good yeah. like that. I think that I got to say Pablo is, I'm just going to double check this, but I think Pablo now has more more innings than anybody last year. He has, yeah, he has the same amount of innings as Joe Ryan did last year. And Joe Ryan wow. led the team in innings last year. And we still got a month and a half left in the season. And they went through a bunch of guys last year trying to find, you know, healthy yeah. guys, effective guys. They've, you know, you got the little injury to Ryan here. You had Maeda out for a while. Then of course the Mally injury. So it's not like they haven't been dinged up, um, you know, with some, you know, small to mu- small to major injuries, but by and large, they've been able to have continuity mostly because Ober has been really good. And because yeah. Kanta came back and pitched well, they've only had to use seven or eight guys in their rotation. And Varlin has been a really good more often than not in St. Paul too. So they got it. You got him sitting over there and they could put him in a bullpen too, if they wanted to. So, uh, but yeah, they got, uh, you know, they got pitching, which is uh, Tom Kelly would like this team for that reason. It yes. all always way more important to him pitching than, than the rest of it. He, then, then fielding, then hitting. So uh, uh, this is, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be hard not to win the division. We said that last week too, and uh, but uh, they can. Uh, it, I, I you know consistency is not something that you can use with many baseball teams anyway. They go through. Uh, I remember the Twins having a really good team one summer. It was a '67 when they lost. All of a sudden, they lost eight in a row and stuff like that. So it 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 could happen, but uh, you know they're. They're, they're just because of the starting pitching, they're probably got no chance to blow the division. But they can, don't worry, you can be optimistic today. But there's going to be another stretch when they lose six out of eight. Don't worry yep. about it. There's going to come seven out of nine because their their lineup. 
I, I looked at their lineup Friday and I said, you know why they're getting beat? Their lineup stinks. <laughs> you know, their lineup stinks at times. And uh, now they're going to get Royce Lewis back and uh, they're going to have to make a roster move. It's probably going to be Luplau, who we, uh, who's been good. He's got a bunch, bunch of hits since he got here, but uh, apparently he's a character too. But, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know who else to get rid of. And Buxton's. They might wait till September first to bring Buxton back when the rosters expand. I don't know, but uh, anyway, they're going to have to do something with their roster. And most of the guys that they have there, you know, Willie Castro, you're not getting rid of him. Julian, you're not right. getting rid of him. Walter, you got, you're not getting rid of him. So, uh, and Solano was a a very good right-handed bat. So uh, I, I don't know. They're going to have to do something. You know who's really having a good year? Uh, I don't want to say. Quietly, Ryan Jeffers is uh, Ryan really Jeffers. good year. Yeah, and you, you were down on him for a while. Uh, well, I've been, I've, I've liked him most of this year. Uh, this year, I'm yeah, down on the other guy, uh, Vasquez. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Jeffers is uh, Jeffers you, you, is your number one. Should be your number one yes. catcher. So, yeah, and they've but, got. And Vasquez has been a little bit better lately, and they yeah yeah it hasn't, it hasn't. handling of pitchers these days is probably over overblown okay. less of what it used to be because these there's so much control in the in the pitching game versus what it used to be. The catchers probably aren't doing as much, but I think oh. pitchers do seem to like to throw to both of these guys at the very least. Yeah, Jeffers has really improved himself behind a plate, and. Uh... You know, Vasquez has been better behind the plate, too. Early in the year, he let him out to a game, go to the, uh, sort of the backstop, and he looked a little lazy back there to me. But uh, uh, he's, you know, he, he has been better. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they got, uh, they, they uh, you know, it's funny how winning two games against a good club just because you got great pitching can change the look. <laughs> And uh, of course, we all would have been nominating Joey Gallo, Gallo to get cut. Right, if he had gone four for four. <laughs> right, two Boy, home runs and a one off the, the wall. Num- the numbers they broke out. I mean, Phil Miller's gamer on uh, on that on his forehead game was fantastic. He compared him to Vesuvius, but uh, but also the numbers were what like a hundred and seventeen. He batted for a month. Or yeah, something. Was, like, that's was, just that's he had as many. He had as many hits in one night as he had in five weeks or something. It he was, was like incredible. He's like a bad hitting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God, the numbers are just awful. It's the stiffest swing I've ever seen. But I don't know. They, uh, you know, you can't get Rocco saying bad about him. So um, and he's got uh, he's got twenty homers now too. Yes, he does. But it's uh, you know <laughs> they all come and. They all come in one game, and then you don't. Then he strikes out eighty percent of the time some weeks. So it's, uh, you know, he's. Uh, I I don't see the value, but uh, you know, they. they you got to keep Walner though. I mean, Walner's been good, yeah. uh, and he's a ha- much better athlete than I thought. Yes, he can he's, run. A he can throw bit. the ball. Run a little bit. He's got a rocket arm, and he catches the ball in left field, right field. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I uh, My prediction is the guy that they let walk is going to be Jorge Puaca. Really? I got, I got a bunch of infielders. So they got, uh, you know, they got they got infielders they don't know what to do with. So, you know, Julian and, uh, and now now the, the solution could be 
Royce Lewis becomes a center fielder, and then uh, Michael Taylor goes, uh, you know, has to take yeah. the walk. But, man, he's a good center fielder. Yeah, he's, I don't think they'd mess with that. I don't think they would mess I, with that. No, after the year, I mean, after oh, the year. Oh, after the year, yeah, okay. Not now. Yeah, yeah, gonna, yeah, okay. In fact, they apparently promised him he wouldn't, they wouldn't have to play the outfield this year. That just just get yourself in shape to play the infield because we're not going to do that again. We're not going to put you out there with minimal experience again. But in next spring, you can turn him into center fielder. Again. I wonder what the the re- <laughs> I wonder what the major league record is for the ratio of home runs to overall hits because Gallo has twenty home runs, forty seven total hits <laughs> this year. Yes. Almost half almost half of his hits, close to half of his hits oh, yeah. are home runs this year. I think he's he's done that a few times. So I think he's, I think there's been a couple of years where he had more he had more home runs and singles. So uh, it's, uh, he I, might I be know. he might be close to that this year. Actually, I think he is close <laughs> to that. He's got 20 home runs, nine doubles, and a triple. So he's got 20 home runs and 17, 17. singles. If my, if my math is right, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, if we can just if if the Twins can just start winning some games in the rugged Central, they'll be okay. So. MGM Wine and Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there's an MGM near you. Head to MGMWineAndSpirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine and Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Speaking of the Saints, the much different, a uh, much different Saints than what we were uh, used to back in the day. But you, uh, you went to the the Mike Vec documentary. The uh, um, you did a, bu- a couple things on the Saints last week. Daryl Strawberry going into the uh, having his number retired by the Saints, and just a kind of a much different era. Obviously, we kind of you know we didn't we don't forget about it. But you know, I, I used to love going to games at Midway Stadium. I thought it was just a fun. Just kind of a fun throwback ballpark. It was, you know, it was you kind of run down, but it was just kind of a, a different, a much different atmosphere. And obviously now with them being the uh, the AAA affiliate of the Twins, the the games mean a lot more. But that era <clears throat> where they were, you know, bringing in guys, trying to resurrect their careers. Daryl Strawberry, probably the greatest example. What do you have? Like eighteen home runs in twenty nine games or something like that. Hundred eight, hundred eight bats. He had eighteen home runs and thirty nine RBIs. And then he walked like thirty times too. They walked him all the time. So I didn't. I forgot to look, but his on base had to be oh, you know, six hundred or something. Yeah, he was a little too good for that Northern League. Back yeah. Then. Even even coming off the uh, problems that he'd had. And, uh, of course, you really got to look back at his record to realize what he was, uh, you know, before he got his drug problems because, man, alive. They had him and Gooden. They had the best young pitcher in history and one of the best young players in history, and they were both like 21. Yeah. You know, Gooden was 20 when he started. I think maybe 19 when he made his first start. So, uh, you know, the – you know, I was telling somebody, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, you know, that cocaine must be good stuff. <laughs> because guys, you know, back when they were taking a man, that, you know, I can be the king of the world, or I can snort another five pounds of cocaine. I'm going for the cocaine. The hell with the, the being the being the king of New York. So uh, it's a, it's a, uh, 
it's it was it was amazing. But yeah, Daryl uh, and Daryl came back and uh, you know went to New York, helped him win a World Series, and then he had a relapse later. So that it wasn't like he it wasn't like he left here and then his problems were behind him. I mean, they right. they gave him respite, but uh, he's now uh, been a preacher for seventeen years, and he's a uh, He's he and his third wife have this uh, this ministry, and he's uh, he's uh, uh, from all accounts just turned into a hell of a guy. So uh, good for him. But yeah, the Saints back then, I of course was the I paid no attention to him and made fun of him, and uh, and uh, and uh, never you know when I kind of wrote a thing on uh, that just appeared online only about saying you know I wish I'd taken all those free columns over there. Yeah. But I- Nicer to Vec because Vec and I have gotten to be pretty good friends. Uh, now I wouldn't say friends, but certainly uh, we have some great talks now. The last ten years or so, so it was quite the uh, quite the thing. But yeah, I went to the movie. Ninety three minutes is pretty good. Uh, really, a lot of it at the end, the last a third about his uh, daughter Rebecca and all she went through before yeah. she died and uh, first losing her vision. And then they found out she had this incredibly fatal disease, Batten's disease that makes you worse and worse. And uh, uh, she had a big personality, but my wife uh, went with me and uh, she hadn't, uh, she didn't know about Rebecca's situation, you know? So when it came, that part of the story came and then they revealed that she had this Batten's disease. And I heard her say, Oh no. And she was, I wouldn't say she was weeping at the end, but she was. Uh, she got really emotional watching sure. it, and, and it, it does. Uh, it does. Uh, you know, it's a kind of a three-parter. <laughs> the first part takes you to disco night, which in Chicago oh, yeah. is one of the funniest things in the history of man. Is that like 70, we, 77? When was that? Yeah, seventy-seven. No, no, no. After seventy-seven, because seventy-seven was the Southside Hitman, and they had the great, great, great year. Them and the Twins had all those nineteen to twelve brawls and okay. stuff. But that they they got so good then, not because of Vex genius, but because they signed a bunch of free agents who were going to walk after the year seventy-seven. Oscar Gamble and uh, oh sure. Richie's, Richie Zisk and a bunch of guys. And then he, you know, he didn't have any money. Then he cut back. And I think it was 79. I think Disco Demolition. It was. I just looked it up. Yep. Disco Demolition was 79. But God almighty, they they got video of those people trying to climb into the stadium. They had to close the gates and people were trying to rappel up the side to get in. All these shirtless Because it, it coincided with five cent beer night, right? Yeah. No, I don't think they could no, that was not drugs. No? They, okay. they didn't get beer away. That was okay. Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland okay. was a five cent right. beer. I'm mixing, I'm mixing up no, my seventies no, bad was, ideas. Steve Dahl was the rock he was he was Bernard at his height, five times more popular and, okay. and crazy, crazier in Chicago. And Steve Dahl became the anti, he's an old rocker, he said, and he became the anti-disco guy. So then Mike Beck was just trying to get people in the stands. So they came up with this in every every drunken white lout that's 25 <laughs> years old showed up and they were trying to climb into the stadium and then they it was a double hitter and they're going to blow the records up at during the games and 
and, and practice it. They do a long, they do a long bit on this that is uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, it, it it's not intended to be, and it was. It, Mike makes, and the documentary turns it into this tremendous trauma that it put Mike through because he disappointed his dad, and they're trying to tie that in with Bill having to buy the sell the ball ball team and stuff, and I don't yeah. buy that. But uh, I don't buy that at all. He just didn't have any money. And uh, the fact that, you know, that was the end of his old man's second run. But it's very well done documentary. It's uh, 93 minutes. And they had uh, they've had a little premiere for it here at the West End last night. And uh, a good turnout of old Saints fans and that, that old crew that that old crew that supported the, the saints and back and uh you know isla border showed up and, oh cool uh, yeah some of their yeah, they had some people show up and then they had the the producer who's a local guy i believe and then uh then the two documentarians were there too and they had a little you know after it was over it was good they i mean the movie's good but i have one complaint okay it's 90 93 minutes and they they sh- they just casually say and the Saints got a new ballpark, you know, <laughs> that what they could have given us three minutes on what I consider back second greatest. You know, the Saints themselves were a miracle that it became a success, you know, because a crappy ballpark, crappy parking, uh, you know, if you didn't get there early, uh, pretty much bad baseball for the most part. And uh, yet they became this for about a decade they were like a phenomenal you know the people would line up to get tickets yeah on, you know when they were going for sale and stuff like that they turned that into a great gimmick and you know they were getting to be weary product there later on in the 2000s and uh and that he he proposed this chs field you know that what became chs field and it looked like the silliest idea we're, we're gonna spend public money to build a park for this thing so we can have pigs walking around right. on, the, on the field and uh, do all this hokey stuff on this magnet first of all we got to blow up the built gillette building down there to spend the money for that and 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 to get the and the saints didn't throw that much money into the pot like 15 million or something and uh and when he brought that up, I said, you nuts. Nobody's going to build you a ballpark. And to get that ballpark built is a part of the story, too. But oh, yeah. they did that. But, but when you're doing a documentary, as, as the guys that did the documentary said, you know, you can't make them comprehensive. You can't right. just say, you know, so. So that was something they decided to just ignore, basically, the 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 the, the political, you know, and. You know, they they could have had a little tape of him and I mean, he's trying to get a ballpark with Julian Empson as his uh, Julius, you know, Julian Oscazo now. Right. As his, as he's his lobbyist up at the, you know, some guy. He was combination beer vendor lobbyist to get this ballpark built because he sold beer at games too. And I would have liked to see Julian get a minute about uh, yeah. you know Mac back now they got the stadium built but that's you know that's not the that's probably more local interest than national it's going to debut on netflix september 19th it'll do well 
it'll do well. Yeah. People who don't know the story, will, uh, you know, of, of his daughter will uh, get real emotional watching it. Well, people forget, too, or maybe they don't forget, but like, you know, now that they are the AAA affiliate of the Twins and have been for, you know, a number of years, that ballpark got built before that was even a thing. Like that was built. They were three three or four years at that ballpark as, you know, independent or whatever, the American Association. And they got that built as what they were, which was that kind of collection of misfits. And that was remarkable. I, I, I have wondered at a certain point, whether they had an inkling that this was going to happen at some point, that they didn't just build this ballpark. They had no idea that baseball had no idea five years ago when that ballpark was there. It was 14, 15, right? Did it open or I think it opened in, I think it opened in 15. Okay. It opened in 15. They had no idea baseball was going to go through this phenomenal change in uh, the minor leagues and the, you know, the, I mean, the Houston Astros, the disgraced Houston Astros were the ones who pushed this strategy of redoing the major, of redoing AAA completely because they wanted to get in the Sugarland ballpark, which was, you know, this, yep. which is a minor, which is the same operation, same independent uh, uh, team originally, Sugarland, and they wanted that. And then I, I don't think, before that, it had never occurred to the twins that they could operate in a ballpark this small, but triple A. But you know, then again, it's you know, seven thousand people is enough for uh, a, a, a minor league team, and uh, and that it, it became obvious later that yeah, this would work, but it certainly wasn't obvious when they built it, and there was no future. I remember we were talking about maybe, uh, you know, maybe they can put their uh, Midwest League Class A team in this ballpark right. or something. Like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this was it was not a this, the, nobody was the Twins weren't coming over there and saying, "Yeah, build this for them," and uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be uh, over there. Was, nobody had that hint at all. So that's that's what made it a miracle that he pulled it off. Well, it's a good he second. He's too okay. great. He said he's too great. To, he he blew up. He blew up the disco records and basically ruined his career. But he also blew up the Gillette building, which was this enormous thing sitting down there in Lower Town that looked like it came out of East Germany back in the, uh, you know, it was just this big building of of nothingness sitting down there like like the other stuff on the other side of the Berlin Wall. And they got him. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even really remember what it looks like now. Oh, I have to go yeah, back well, and... Nobody was ever down there. Nobody yeah, ever went down there because it had been abandoned for right. 30 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Coleman had a whole lot to do with that. I okay. mean, Chris, Chris Coleman as a mayor got got the, uh, got the that ballpark built and he got Allianz Field built too in St. Paul before. Let's remember St. Paul had, I mean, Norm Coleman got got the, uh, the XL built, but it's amazing what, uh, you know, St. Paul, since uh, what the what they got out of the stadium deals in the um, in the last twenty five years, over Sid's dead body, by the way, getting XL Energy Center. Nobody's gonna go to St. Paul for a game, okay? Nobody will be over there. They'll be back in Target Center in three years. That was Sid's theory. That was nobody's amazing. gonna go to <laughs> nobody's gonna go to East Berlin to watch a hockey game. 
No, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to remember the history and what kind of. And you're yes. right. St. Paul's got you know for a while everything was here. Well, for a while everything was at the Metrodome, but yes. and they started building everything here. Target Field, the you know, the Gophers obviously got their new football stadium. The you know the Vikings started building stuff. But you're right. I mean they've got the soccer, they've got the hockey, they've got they've got the uh, they've got the Saints. They've definitely got. Their share of uh, of stuff. Hey, before uh, a couple things, I wanted to touch on your town ball column because that is a town ball is a fairly uniquely Minnesotan yes. enterprise, and you know there's, there's books have no, been books have been written about it. You wrote a big piece on the hundred years of it, but um, that's what I'm seeing the origin story of it, and just like how how it how it grew and what and what it still is it's just it's fascinating to me especially in a place that has you know not the, not the longest summers uh, in in the world yeah yeah i will say it is amazing it's uh now it is uh it is leaking for sure they're losing teams and uh they they tell me that uh you know they got 30 players they i think they're down to about uh, 280 and uh that's you know they're under 300 and they put a and b together this year and they're going to try that uh but uh it's it is uh you know other towns south dakota has it but in a different form and uh, wisconsin has some of it still but there's no place in the country that has like 280 teams tied to a allegedly tied to a community now the Alleg- allegedly the i love that yeah. the machination speed teams have gone through but the state the state baseball board which is running it since 1925 now actually you know it existed for 35 years before they started having an official state term in 1924 too but uh 799 teams in 1950 wow 1950, after the war because we yeah. didn't have that damn tv then you yeah, know, didn't even, we didn't even have the, the twins then either. We didn't have anything. Oh, oh no, out on the prairie, that uh, we didn't get TV till 1954, and then it was wow. one one channel, one Jeez. black and white channel on a little old Philco out of Sioux Falls. So people, you know, they came home from the war. People had jobs for the most part now because before the before the war, the depression was existed for a long time. And, uh, you know, you couldn't have beer for a while because they had the prohibition and stuff. So after the war, from all I can been told, obviously, people had jobs, were making a little money, and they wanted to have some fun, you know. Yeah. So that, and, then, and then town ball. And then they had that period from right after the war till about the TV came in 53, 4, where every everybody was buying players from all over and they, the radius, I don't know if there was a radius rule, but <laughs> if there was, you could have, you could have three or four people. I mean, my dad in 1949 had brought in two, uh, one Cuban American, Earl Ashby and Hilton Smith who pitched for the Kansas city Monarchs pitched there and is in the hall of fame Pitched for my father in 1949 actually played more first base because his arm was shot. If I looked it up in, in the back, and then the next year he had Al Worthington, uh, you know, yeah. pitch As I pointed out, he married and wound up marrying my cousin Shirley, who was by legend the best looking girl in Fulda. So uh, he came back a couple of years later and said, "Let's get married." So, anyway, uh, 
but it was all over the state and 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 you know high vandenberg pitched in the all-star game and two years later he's pitching for springfield and uh and springfield he had a chance to pitch triple a but he went to springfield because he could make more money they were paying more money in austin and albert lee and uh all these places and then and then now we got you just get the vagabonds and uh and you know the guys like my my pal Joe Driscoll who just died last year is uh, was was the all timer is to you know he he played with the Prior Lake Jays and they got basically tossed out of the tournament up uh, tossed out of the you know they they broke up that team because they they violated the radius a little bit and they had an all star <laughs> team and then he then he pitched for uh he's from Lasur, but he pitched for Arlington and for years and played for Arlington when they had their dynasty from probably the best team ever in Minnesota from the mid sixties to the mid eighties and those guys and then he ended up with the ever Red Wing Aces. One year I asked him what his legal address was and he said he pointed to the payphone as they pointed out and then <laughs> another, another time he was pitching someplace and they said he was living in the manager's treehouse, but uh, treehouse or something. So there's a lot of there's you could write a million stories. Oh, I yeah. mean every, everybody's got their local uh, legends and yeah. uh, and uh but uh, it's this week and you gotta if you go out to that Delano ballpark, it is phenomenal what they've okay. done out there the other day and it's only 20 miles down the road here yeah, it's not and, bad and then they're in dassel which is uh you know really nice ballpark litchfield has spent a lot of money on their park and then waconia they this will be the third straight year they put some games in waconia they're only gonna have games on the opening weekend but it's now a 32 team class b single elimination and then a 48 and then a, it's a 48 game i mean a 48 team class c but a in the Twin Cities here, they had the separate tournament for years, and they're they're now there's no Class A anymore. They merged them with Class B, so it'll be interesting to see how it works. It's a little different, but yeah, it's a, it is definitely a, a Minnesota phenomenon, and uh, it it still exists. But it's uh, you know they're uh, they're uh, they they're having a real problem with a lot of teams with no shows because. You know, they, they they got 25 player rosters and they got to all during the season. They got to figure out who's going to show up because they yeah. want to go to the lake. The wife wants them to go to the lake. And, <laughs> you know, there's a, the uh, the 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 commitment isn't quite as strong as it used to be, but it's uh, it's still pretty good baseball. I was down at Dundas uh, Tuesday. Uh, Dundas and Meesville both rallied for being down two to one in their best of five series to make it to the state tournament. So it's uh it's uh yeah, it's something to do for the next three weeks. And and I take my friend Judd to it every year, and Judd really enjoys the three dollar and fifty cent cans of beer. <laughs> or some some, you know, they'll sell you a six pack for twenty bucks. Yeah, I remember but, I, that was it's one of the things I remember about going to a town ball game with a bunch of a uh, bunch of friends, a bunch of baseball folks back in, you know, probably ten years ago or so, is that you know, they'll sell you they'll sell you the whole like six or 12 packs it's like here you go i was like okay that's great that's <laughs> terrific why not why and not a lot of them now have the bucket they give you the, you show up with the bucket they give you a six of them in a bucket for 18 bucks or 15 bucks or something like that so this is real beer too 
Right. Not any of that stuff, as I said in my column. It doesn't have fruit in it. It doesn't have fizz in it either. It's beer. <laughs> it's beer like God intended. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a phenomenon. I usually get out there a couple of times a year. And this is, they've really kind of uh, started putting the state tournament in this Highway 12 corridor, right. you know, here because that's still really hardcore uh town ball country and it's close to the twin Cities. so anyway next uh starts friday you single there's four single games friday and then it goes three weekends through labor day so it's uh it's, if you're looking for cheap entertainment it's it's uh it's uh you know try to find the schedule someplace they could really use a website that was better doing the information but they had a reveal show yesterday it wasn't uh on their youtube channel it wasn't quite uh, rolling out the uh, the uh, wasn't the production values weren't quite the same as uh, rolling out the uh, NCAA uh, tournament field for the uh, you know Division One, but it was uh, they they did the best they could. So, well, if, if think- you want to know where the games are being played uh, uh, the first weekend, you can look up there the Minnesota Baseball Association YouTube channel. And the production values and give you a couple of laughs too. So, anyway. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go check that. I want to watch some games this year, so I'll go. I'll go find those. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna save my uh, my extraordinary football fact for you for next week because it's not football season yet. We're it's it's mid August. I've got a good fact for you, but we're gonna we're gonna keep this as a as a baseball only show, all levels. Um, and if we're ever gonna do a baseball show, of course, you are the guy I want to uh, to do it with Twins, Saints, and. Uh, and the uh, the town ball, Patrick. Uh, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, Michael.